thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson. Look at you! All that stuff fell off of there anyway, so I'm sporting my Brisbane Roar jersey tonight from Australia. Anyway, side note, keep bringing in some stuff. We really need to get that box sent out. I mean, we aren't on a deadline, but... For crying out loud, the stuff people brought the first week is going to be stale before we mail it. So let's go, people. Bring in fun stuff. Anything truly, deeply American is what we're looking for, okay? Truly, no. Gross. Anyway, what's up? Gum. There you go. Um, Throw it to Stu. Stu, add it to the stash. All right. Thanks. You're sowing seeds into Australia. Right? Might? She'll be right. What? She'll be right. You have more gum. Exactly. So you get to sew it into more people. Do you give gum away to people at school? Or are you stingy? I don't see you being stingy. You probably give it away. People are like, can I have a piece? Yeah, sure. That's Trenton. That's how he is. He sews into people's lives. He doesn't even know it. The chewing gum anointing is all over Trenton. Anyway, so, anyway, wow. That's another little sideline. Anyway, but... This whole month we're talking about, look at you, right? You guys got, how many of you did not get into a selfie before we started tonight? Did everybody get hit? Anybody with Isaiah and Abby traveling around? Did everybody get, Trenton's the only one that missed it? Oh, man. Oh, oh, look around, Isaiah and Abby, where you at? You got targets for afterwards. Come on. Yep, there you go. So don't run out of the room afterwards and be like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to be in a selfie. If you really don't want to be, don't. We're not going to like pin you down and go like, <laughs> okay, it doesn't work like that. So that's happening. How many of you are like um, aware of the, uh, the uh, political event upon us? Has anyone heard anything about it? <laughs> I know, me too. Anyway, so cool. Oh, did anybody click on the link I shared yesterday on Facebook? Did you see what I, it was so funny. My, one of my friends in Australia actually shared it and I was like clicked on it. I was like, that's interesting. It says it's the 50 individuals or groups of people. Jesus says you're allowed to hate. I, I shared it. I was like, awesome. I want to see who I can hate today. Right. I was kidding. I clicked on it cause I was like, wait, this sounds off, but it's probably a catch of course. So then it goes into this whole thing after exhaustive biblical study and blah, 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 and every possible passage. And this is the definitive, complete list of 50 people and groups of people you are allowed to hate by Jesus' command. And it goes down, lists one, two, three, four, all the way down, and it's blank. (laughs) I was like, dang, that's so good. I was like, anyway, did anybody in here see it or click on it? A few of you few of you that are still on Facebook, right? Anyway, it's dying, I know, but my mom's still on Facebook, and she loves me, so I have to keep it, okay? It's how it goes. So here's the deal, though. This whole political environment, man, social media, I just can't wait for November 9th when it's all over and we just are done with all the dumb videos, but here's something that's caught my attention, and I'm not going to talk a long time about this because most of you can't vote, so you're kind of like, whatever, but Listen, it does matter, and I'm not going to tell anybody in here how to vote or what's going on with that. Anyway, but what I've noticed is so crazy about all of this, and it's not just this election, but it's every election is this thing that everybody goes, well, you said that, and now you say that, and this, that, and you're now you're saying this, and you change your mind, and you're this and this, and it's this 
insane instability that exists in our culture right now. It's crazy out of control. Like, you said this 10 years ago, and this, and what about now? And now you say this, and we have it on video, and you say you never said that, but we have it, right? It's like, I don't know how they get away with in their mind going, I never said that. It's like, have you YouTubed yourself? Anyway, like, it's like you're on video doing it, right? But it's this crazy instability of just like, change this and change this. And I thought that before, but now I didn't. And something that's caught my heart this entire week, and it's really cool because I typed it into my phone. Um, and then I was telling Dylan earlier today, I was like, hey, this is kind of where I'm going tonight. And this is this thought that God's kind of dropped in my heart. And I say it, and he goes, that's crazy. That's exactly what God's been saying to me too. So we call that confirmation. Okay, whatever. It's that, that's how we roll with it. But this little phrase popped into my head, and I know it's kind of like it's nothing brilliant, so don't be like, oh, brace yourself to get blown away. It's not like mind-blowing, but it's a fact, it's a reality, and it's something to review and return to is the only thing that's guaranteed is God. Okay, and I mean that. The only thing that's guaranteed is God. So here's the deal. We have this, like, total tendency in our world and in our lives to commit ourselves to things, identify who we are based around the things that we give ourselves to, the things that we spend the most time on, the things that we feel the most about ourselves become what we attach to. And every single one of them pretty much okay, is like changing, flexible, and could totally fail us, except God. So this is where, like, I'm, like, obviously we're talking about who you are, like, look at you, like, getting your identity figured out so that you actually know where you're going for your future, but this becomes a great reality, and I remember very vividly that much of my identity growing up and being, like, through high school and college was around my athletics, Okay, and how many of you would be in that realm? Okay, a lot of your identity is built on your athletics and the things that in that that you do. Anybody? Come on, be honest. I'm not saying I was like the worst sinner in the world at doing it. It's like just real. Like I would lay in bed at night and think about pole vaulting, and I would talk to people about pole vaulting, and I would go to practice and spend hours and hours a week on that or soccer or like I was super into volleyball for a season in my young age. It was wild. I don't know why, but my there was no opportunity for me to play anywhere, anywhere, because they didn't have guys volleyball where I was. They didn't have kids leagues in my town because it was a pretty small town and all this stuff, but I was like, I'm going to be a professional volleyball player. This was like probably around the age 11 or 12, sixth grade. I vividly remember I'm going to be a pro beach volleyball player. I lived in Arizona, Okay. In, like, the mountains. There was no beach nearby, okay? And, but I was like, I'm going to be a pro volleyball player. So I did live at a camp, like, at a retreat center, like, where we're going, you know. So we had a gym, which was nice, you know, pretty sweet gig. So we had a volleyball court that was set up there all the time. And most of the year, especially wintertime and stuff, nobody was at the camp. So I had, like, the gym to myself, unlimited, all I wanted, okay? And I would go for hours and just throw up the ball, serve it. I got really good. And then I'd go back. I'd walk over to the other side because I only had one ball, Okay. And I'd serve it back. You know, there was walls, so I didn't have to chase it too far. But I would do this for hours and gave myself this, like, I did it. I'm going to be a pro volleyball player. And I was totally committed to this reality that I was going to do this. Well, it didn't work out. 
you know, right? Like some of you have seen me play volleyball. It's like, eh, no, I'm not even close to pro, right? It's like, okay, you can see that I practiced some, but like it's a darn good thing I didn't hold my entire identity of life and who I was on being a professional volleyball player because I'm a failure if that's my identity. Okay? I was a pretty good pole vaulter in high school and college. The whole thing, I was told, you could do the Olympics. You could set records. You could do all this and blah, blah, blah. I could have built my identity, and in some ways I did. I could have completely hung my identity. I'm going to do this. And, and it's good to have goals. I'm not smashing, like, don't even dream of anything. Okay, but, but when it becomes more of your world than anything else, it begins to set you up for a crash and burn. Because even if you are the greatest athlete, the greatest, like, musician, you're whatever it might be, one injury, you know the stories, right? One blown ACL, it's done. Probably for life. Like, because once you get out for three, four years of recovery, you're, like, behind the ball now, and your chance of going pro is gone. But there are, obviously, you see it throughout our culture, people that are giving their entire identity to something that's fragile and chance. It's literally given to chance that you might get hit by some huge, would it be a linebacker? I never played football, so I don't really know. A linebacker just takes out your leg because you're running, boom, and he just slams through your leg and you're done. And you've now hung your entire identity on this thing that you do that cannot last, okay? Even if you become the greatest NFL football player of all time, when you're 80 years old, you will not be playing. Now, really, you know, like Brett Favre was ancient at, what, like 42, 43 playing? Everybody's like, this guy is going to, like, needs a cane to get out to the field. Right? And that's, like, super old to be playing football still. Like, what are you going to do the rest of your life if your whole identity is tied up in a game or in an instrument and you get, you know, like Abby, where is she at? Abby, Davida. She, oh, she's plowing homework anyway. She comes and plays the violin, and it's just like, like you're like, what the heck? How does she do this? Like, like carpal tunnel or arthritis sets in when she's 75 years old. It's not necessarily going to, I'm not like cursing her. I'm just saying like the reality is something could happen, get a hand smashed in a car door and never be able to play an instrument again. Oh, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm being such a downer, right? But I, that's where I know, listen to me. I know I'm striking a chord in your heart because there's a reality to this that you know is true, that the things you hang your life on, if they're not certain, if they're not guaranteed, if they're not absolute, will fail you at some point down the line. Absolutely, without question, the only thing that's guaranteed is God. So how you relate to him is literally everything. Literally everything. Now, I'm not saying you're only allowed to relate to God and everything else you pursue is, is like sin and you're awful. If you like football and you like instruments, no, because God gave you those gifts. He gave you the ability, and you can run into these things with, with like all your heart going after it, going, God, you've given me this opportunity. It's so great. And an injury happens, you say, God, what's next? Not, God, this sucks. 
Do you see a difference when your life is hung and your identity is hung on football or whatever activity or thing that you're so passionate about when it gets cut off or if it gets cut off, your perspective toward God goes, how could you? Because you valued that more than you valued God and now things are broken and you're in depression. This happens. You've seen it probably if you've been in the world a number of years. So it's a matter of getting things in order in place and saying, God, what do you say about me? We've talked about it all month long. It's not even about, oh, I believe in God. It's about what does he believe about you? Do you believe it? That's crazy critical because if the minute you get wrapped up in, I am identified as a football player. I'm sorry I'm hanging up on football tonight. Anyway, how many football players are there in here? Like three? Sorry, I'm speaking to the three of you that play football. No, okay. But you catch what I'm saying. I hope you can apply this to whatever realm of life you're looking at. Right? All of you have something in life that you're passionate about that isn't guaranteed. It's fine to love those things. It's fine to do those things. But it's got to be in an order in your life that says, God, anything you give me opportunity to do, I'm going to own it. I'm going to do it the best I can. It's going to be amazing. And if you take it away from me, then it has to be something better you're about to hand to me. So the minute it gets taken out, you go like, okay, it gets, if it gets taken out, whatever, it might not be great, whatever, but at whatever stage of life, if that injury happens, you roll into the hospital and go, that emergency doctor is my next mission. You don't go in going, man, my life sucks. What am I going to do if I can never play again? And you get, you lose because your whole life was hung on something that's fake and temporary. God will give you all this other stuff, right? We know the verse. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? Do you know the verse? What? All these things will be added unto you. All these things. What is that talking about? The five, ten verses right before it talks about clothing, food, shelter, all your needs, all your provisions, everything. Seek first his kingdom and everything else will be added to you, and you'll never look and go, I got screwed. You can't, because God is consistent, guaranteed, straight up, all the way through. Lydia came up to me during worship. This is so good. And fits. And I was loving how much God was talking during worship. It was like, it was funny. I went back to Jillian, and I was like, I just felt like God told me you had, like you were going to hear something. He was going to tell you something for people, for people to hear tonight. And she goes, I have something. Like, I was like, well, if you get something, on, you know, I kind of came at it like, if you get, I don't want to put pressure on you. She's like, I got something. I was like, okay, let's go. I just felt like that was going on. And then Lydia brings this verse up to me and goes, um, it's Isaiah 41, 13. For I am the Lord, your God. Keyword, your God. Not just, I am the Lord, the God that's out there in the sky. I am the Lord, your God. This is crazy good, right? Who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Now there's something that is required in this process. Dylan, come up here. Okay? We're just going to pretend you're God. Okay? It's not hard. Anyway, okay, I'm kidding. Yes, I got a good chance. Anyway, right? And you're going to take 
my right hand. Come over here, because that's my right hand over here. Okay? And you are the Lord my God who takes my right hand. Okay? Do it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Right? There comes a point. I could, look, that was really hard work for me. That would wear me out if I continued to fight. But if all I simply did was, okay. Do you get this? You're part of the equation. He's the Lord, your God, who takes your hand. you got to let him do it. You can fight. You can. And you'll wear yourself out. You'll wear yourself ragged going, I don't know. Prove it, God. Prove it. Prove it. Prove it. And at the end, you're like, okay, fine. Like, or you could just go, wow, this is fun. We can do this, right? And I will help you is the promise from God. I'm going to take you by your right hand, and I will help you. Do not be afraid. There is such a reality of strength and power in this place, of knowing who God is and claiming him. You're my God, and you're guaranteed. It's funny. That was written probably, I don't know. I don't know, don't know my dates on Isaiah, but probably well over 3,000 years ago, maybe 4,000 years ago. Okay? How many of you can say that you know that's still true 4,000 years later? Huh. How many politicians got that kind of track record? (laughs) Right? Oh, my gosh, right? So please don't hang your whole identity on this election because it's all at chance. Like, are you kidding me or whatever? Like, America's going to die. Well, guess what? God's not. Right? Oh, I know, right? Preach, preach, preach. Okay, Okay, whatever. You hear what I'm saying, though? This is so insanely important to the realm of what you're living in right now because your entire culture is chasing things and hanging their entire life and identity on chance. I hope this works out. Not I know for sure that this works out. Because guess what's different about those who know God? Anybody? You're secure. You aren't going, I hope this works out. You're looking 4,000 years plus the time before that, right, that God has been faithful, unchanging, constant, always loving, okay? People's perception of God have changed, but that wasn't God. Please be clear on this. The way we've, like, had God preached and talked about and all this stuff has, like, been really weird at different times. But that wasn't God changing. That was people going, I think God's like this. And it's like weird, right? And messed up in so many ways. That was, wow, flashing light. Anyway, but a squirrel. But I've been teaching my five-year-old this week his memory verse for school, okay? And it's really fun. We're doing, like, all these motions to try to help him remember, right? So here's how this goes. And we know... That in all things, okay, God works for the good, good, right? Get this, of those, those, toes, those, got it, right? Who, what, do you know the verse? Love him and are called according to his purpose. 
Now, you hear us talk about this a lot. God works all things together for good. Your family might be falling apart. You might have this going on. Your friend might have been killed in a car accident. This might have happened. You might have had an injury that took you out of football. Everything You're like, what is going on all around me? And it says right there, and we know, we don't just hope, we know that God works for the good of key qualifier. God is on your team, on your side, 100% when? What does it say? God works for the good of those who love him and have been called, as we do, been, been called, right? According to his purpose, right? Oh my gosh, this is powerful. There is a qualifier that there is a place of action, like putting your hand out, called loving God and securing your place. Relationship with God is not a passive, oh, right? Like, yes, there's a reality that we are good because God is good, but we have to participate. It is not a, well, I hope God just sweeps me up on his way through at the end. Like, God says, I will take you by the right hand, and I will hold you, and I will carry you, and I will help you. That's the promises of God, but you've got to hold your hand out and let him have it. To those who love God, there's a guarantee to those who love God and are called according to his purposes, living according to his purposes. That means Hanging your life on the reality of God and his guarantee looks like something on your part. It's not work. It's not labor. It's not even hard. But it isn't going, well, I don't know. And the great power, and I'm going to end on this, is that when you hang your life on a solid God who's guaranteed 100% all the time, always, you get a massive dose of dose of this thing we called we call hope. And I heard this really cool story and statistic. I tried to look it up this afternoon and I couldn't find it. A couple of your parents need you. I'm sorry. I'm going to wrap up, okay? But get this, some scientists did this if you're an animal lover, I'm sorry. They did this experiment with these rats, okay? They took these rats and they threw them into this big vat of water, like a big tub thing. And they just let them swim until they couldn't swim any longer, okay? And it said, they said statistically, the rats would swim for, I think it was 90 minutes. That's pretty good, right? Okay? 90 minutes before they would quit and die, right? Sorry. Okay? But then they said, okay, that's the statistic right there. Now, we're going to do it again. Ha, funny, right? When they get to just before that time where they could quit, they were like watching them and they were like, okay, they're about to quit. What they would do is they would scoop them up right before they'd quit. They'd dry them all off, okay, warm them up, do all that, give them a rest for a few minutes and put them back in the water. Get this though. Statistically, the rats that they did that with after a 10-minute break or a 15-minute break could swim for nine and a half hours. Why? Because they had hope for being rescued. Because they knew what rescued being looked like. And in that moment, they could hold on longer, go through more infinitely, like multiplication. This is science. This is cool, right? Like, this is the pictures of God. They had a hope and a memory that said, I can be rescued. I'm going to hang on until they pull me out again. 
And those are scientists that are not guaranteed. You have a God who's not going to let you drown. He's there to rescue you, give you hope and a future. It's all in the scripture. You know this stuff. We've told you a million times before. We'll say it again a hundred million times more. But stand up. Ah. Isn't that a cool story? The rat's saved, right? Anyway, cool. So here we go. Can we throw on something chill back there, music-wise, or is somebody going to play? Whatever. We won't belabor this long, but listen. Listen up for give me a second. I just want you to all look at your entire world. Take a little inventory of your life. This isn't like self-deprivation time or whatever. This isn't like I'm just going to like make myself feel awful. This is just looking at your life, examining where you're at, and say, what am I hanging my identity on? Is the thing that I think about most, live for most, and just to, and, and set my attention and affection toward something that's going to last 100%, no question, no doubt, 100%, I know it. Or could one bad moment, one bad stroke of luck ruin your identity because of what it's hung on isn't guaranteed? Shoot, even lifetime, lifetime guarantees on your windows aren't that good of a deal. I'm serious. You call them up, you're like, hey, my window broke. They're like, oh, well, you know, since it broke this, we can't really replace it. You're like, I got out a lifetime warranty. Like, the best things man can come up with and try to guarantee fall way short of the reality of who God is. So it's, I don't know what this sounds like, looks like. Dylan, if you got really good language for this, but I just want to challenge you to look at life and go like, God, I just want to seek first your kingdom. God, show me what that looks like. Holy Spirit, I can't do it on my own. I can't figure it out. It's not, a, it's not all a thinky, brainy, whatever like thing. It's, a, it's an experience thing that steps in and says, okay, God, you said you'd take my right hand. I'm open to that. Will you help me? I'm scared. And you said I don't have to be afraid because you said you'd hold my hand. Put yourself in that place and just say, God, I need you in my life in a bigger way than it currently is. I need you to replace the stuff that I've built my identity on. What if I lost this? What if this didn't work out? What happened here? What is this? Paul says, I think in Philippians, he says something about the effect. I have learned to be content with much and with little in all circumstances. Paul was like, whatever. I've had millions of dollars. I've had none I've been beaten, I've been thrown in prison, I've been in high places and palaces and kingdoms and all this. Like, He's been at the top and the bottom and he said, I've learned in all things to be content and know that my God is guaranteed and constant and that's what I'm looking for. And that was his quote, right, is to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I die, I get to be with God, great. As long as I'm here, I'm on a mission. Nothing else is going to change who I am because I, you kill me, I, yeah. You leave me alive, I'm working. This is awesome. To live a life that can't be defeated has to be hung on something that can't be defeated. So close your eyes right now. I just want to pray for you, and then we'll invite you to just come get prayer for anything you need. But, God, we thank you for these amazing young lives, God. We thank you for the stirring that you're doing in their hearts tonight, God. Little things that have perked up throughout the night as you've spoken in all these different ways and people 
sharing things, God, whatever it is that you're working in hearts tonight, God, we just pray you'd let it settle in and let it take root, God. God, we pray that our right hands would be stretched out to receive what you promised, that you'd take us by the hand that we don't have to fear. You're going to carry us through this. And God, we thank you for hope that we can survive more, live through more, and be, and, and like, just keep swimming. Oh, man, right? God, we thank you because of hope. We can just keep swimming knowing that our rescuer is on his way. And he's right with us at the moment. God, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you're not changing and you're not shifting and going this way and then that way and confusing us, God. But you are who you are and always have been. Be that in our lives, God. This week, let it be manifest in us that we would not fear, that we'd be confident and know with great hope that our God is on his throne and he's in my life and he lives in me and empowers me and I cannot die. Oh, what great hope to hang our lives on you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Bless us this week, God. We love these students. We love you. Work all things for the good in our lives, God. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.